Warning, this episode contains sensitive content not suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Shadowy figures lurking down an alleyway, uncomfortable encounters with a random stranger, or possibly the most terrifying of all, the inconspicuous neighbor who would do anything to help a friend, darkness that lurks in humanity knows no boundaries. Welcome fellow travelers to the Gay Sanctorum. This is the Order of the Midnight Roller Podcast. We are your guides, Jameson and Scully, and join us as we tiptoe through the twisting tunnels of the minds of sadistic serial killers. Welcome, fellow travelers, to this week's episode. This week we're talking about serial killers. Now, Jameson, we love spooky movies, and do you have a particular uh, favorite serial killer in pop culture? Now, I know, like, there's a few. There's, like, Dr. Lecter, there's Dexter, like, there's a few good pop culture serial killers. You know, I'm actually not a huge fan of that genre of... I mean, I like... Silence of the Lambs, for other reasons, because I like Sir Anthony Hopkins, but like that whole movie is kind of a is kind of a mind fuck. I mean, I guess I guess Doctor Lecter would be probably and there's, actually there's two, it's a twofer because there's two uh, there are three movies three movies but two serial killers in the first one. That's true because you do have Buffalo, uh, Bill. Buffalo Bill. So there's two mm-hmm. serial killers for the price of one in in the yeah. first one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I would say probably Dr. Lecter would probably be... Probably Dr. Lecter is my favorite. But that's more because the movies themselves are really engaging. Now, yes. I did like, uh, like Zodiac was oh, really good. Oh, God, yes. But that's all based off real. That's, that's real, based off real. Of reality. I'm trying to think because I don't I don't really... think there's really anything else. Well, there's there. I mean, there's the show Hannibal, which is totally different than the movie. Well, and Hannibal Rising was actually... Pretty I good. Did I re- did I watch Hannibal? I don't know if I've seen Hannibal Rising. I might have to go back and watch it's, that. It's okay. That's about him as a kid, right? Yes. Like before he became a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any. I never watched Dexter. It's okay. It gets to like the fourth or fifth season, and it's like you might as well just stop watching. That's a lot of shows, though. It just goes off the deep end, and apparently there's a new season coming up that's going to mm-hmm. apparently redeem the last couple seasons, but. Was it Michael C. Hall? He he had cancer whilst doing the last few mm-hmm. seasons of the show. I can't blame the guy for the quality of the quality yeah. of the show. He's going through chemo. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. And the funny thing is, he wore a wig the whole time. Nobody knew. Really? I so didn't know. props to the props to the like costume department yeah. because I did not know he was totally bald underneath that thing. Yeah. Now, when it comes to serial killers, like, I do like serial killer documentaries. Serial killer documentaries. (laughs) Well, it's going to be one of those days. Okay. Like, real real crime shows. Yeah, real crime shows are always fun. Um, I love looking at the forensics behind it. Uh, Now, you personally have experience with a serial killer. Uh, uh, And I've discussed this a couple times with you. Now, we just discussed this before we got on today, Mm -hmm. that, like, you're into the creepy, macabre, and dark, and all that kind of spooky stuff, and I'm very vanilla when it comes to just about everything. Yes. Out of both of us, I have legit had an experience with a serial killer. Now, but as we were... We were discussing, you never know, you may have had one. You You never know. know. 
But like where I live, yeah, you have strip so, mine lakes, you have pig farms galore. Right. There are so the difference yeah. is you may have. I, I had. I guarantee, because yeah. I know some people in the high school I went. Oh well, yeah, to, yeah. To be perfectly honest, the ones that I would suspect actually being serial killers mm. are not the ones society would be, would be like, like. Oh, oh my god, god, he's off the rockers. No, yeah. no, no. So I. Um, Back in the, I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York, as a lot of you know, uh, and we have a very famous serial killer named Kendall Francois. Uh, he was in the mid '90s, from about '96 to '98. Uh, he was uh, started as a janitor in my middle school, uh, moved his way up to a hall monitor and a uh, teaching aide. Uh, so he was really soft-spoken and very nice and polite. Uh, he was like the gentle giant because he was about 6'6 and about 400 pounds. Uh, he would sing songs like through the hallways and like it was, he was just one of those guys. Like everybody just knew him as Mr. Francois. Like he was a nice guy. He kind of just made sure that people, kids didn't get all ruckus in the cafeteria and stuff like that. Like he was just that guy. But apparently... I didn't know this, and maybe because I was a kid and I just didn't notice it, but apparently a lot of the teachers had said that he was very inappropriate with the girls. Like, he would, like, follow them down the hallways and, like, give them hugs and, like, play with their hair and, like, mm. and say, like, off-color jokes and stuff like that. So I didn't know a lot about this until I started doing my research. Now, I mean, I have – we're talking about a real connection – I saw this man and talked to him every day for the two years, three years. I was in middle school or whatever it was. All my friends did. We just knew him. He was a nice guy. We had no idea that he had killed, strangled, killed, and put eight women in his attic. Eight? Eight, eight. women. Oh, oh no. It has <laughs> eight confirmed. There is rumors that he could have killed up to 20. Wow. They only found eight and confirmed eight in his uh, in his attic. Mm -hmm. Now, he lived with his mom and his sister mm -hmm. in Poughkeepsie, which was about the their house was about uh, about a mile from Vassar College, which is like huge uh, affluent yeah. uh, Ivy League uh, liberal arts school in Poughkeepsie, um, which was crazy. And the thing is, he, the smell was apparently outrageous so bad that the mail carriers and the neighbors could smell it through their homes the <laughs> the excuse he gave everybody was that there were raccoons dead decaying in the walls of his house and he would take care of them yeah raccoon decay is no. different than human decay and i guess his family just went nose blind at that point i mean you know what i mean like that, they that just is... they couldn't you live with it for so long, you don't. You, you start to not smell it anymore. That actually is quite valid because yeah. we do go nose blind to all the odors in our own homes. Right. So we don't know. Like smokers, like if you mm -hmm. live with a bunch of smokers and you, you don't know. So what happened is, is he would pick up prostitutes, bring them home, have intercourse with them, and then strangle them to death. And then he would clean them in a bathtub and then bring them up to his attic and wrap them in trash bags and leave them there. And he did this for two years. Uh, only two women escaped. The last one uh, escaped from his home and ran to a gas station 
uh, where just by just by fucking coincidence, like this is like one of those things you see on true TV, like true crimes, mm-hmm. just by coincidence, the two detectives, which happened to be my brother's hockey coach. <clears throat> so that's how like personal this gets. Like I knew more about this than I should have because I saw the, the investigating detective every week. Yeah. They were pulling into the to the gas station as the half-naked woman was running from his house. At that point, Kendall Francois came driving up in his Camry, waved... Of course it was a Camry. Waved at the detectives, who waved back to him, <laughs> until the girl came running up to them. Uh, they then... Well, they didn't know any of this. Like, they suspected it was him, but they mm-hmm. didn't have enough evidence because they were like, well, it's just hookers and, like, drug users that were being mm-hmm. murdered. So they really didn't look much into it. Yeah. Which they got slammed, they got slammed with because mm-hmm. they should have been looking for more or whatever. But at that point, they returned back to his home to question him about this, the girl... Uh, they asked him to come down to the headquarters, uh, in Poughkeepsie. Uh, and at that point it took about two or three hours and through the uh, interrogation, he finally confessed to two years of, of abducting and killing prostitutes and hiding them in his house. Now it gets even more gruesome because at that point, about two hours later after he confessed and they charged him, uh, officially, uh, they, the two detectives, um, went to the house and it was so bad they could smell it through their car. Ugh. So they had to, had his body, they say, when I talk about an army of police officers, like a swarm of cops between federal, uh, the state troopers, sheriffs, all that. They had to don hazmat suits, and the bodies were beyond decomp-, uh, decomp. Like, they were taking bodies out in buckets. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you... The one thing I was thinking through all of this, I'm like, I feel so sorry for the coroner people. Oh, because, yeah. Oh, God. There wasn't enough coroners. They had to bring people in from, like, Albany. Well, they would have to. I mean, here's the thing. If you had... How many, you said there were seven bodies in the eight, eight, eight bodies? confirmed, 20, uh, they assumed there could be yeah. up to 20. Well, you have mm-hmm. bodies put in trash bags, all that va- bacteria yep. that causes decomposition from your own body. From your own body? Um, it, it's all, it, yeah, it would just turn I, everybody into soup. And I mean... And there's always that thing where, like, you're gonna we're gonna discuss this where there's a there's a history of violence mm-hmm. uh, prior in their childhood. As far as I know, there was none of that in his. He mm-hmm. lived a very normal. He got made fun of a little bit in school, but that was anything that happened in normal. Yeah. But he was like an athlete. He was a jock. He was a football player and mm-hmm. a, and a wrestler. He was in the army, which makes sense about like. Killing people, you know what I mean? Like being trained to kill people and like all that kind of stuff. But it was just, it's strange to think that someone so close to you who just seemed so benign ended up being such an evil entity. Yeah. And apparently he didn't show any remorse. It was very much like it was what it is, what it is. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother psychological 
issue. Like, and he, his parents had no idea. His sister had no idea. Like he had, he had manipulated them to like believe that he wasn't doing anything and it was just rodents. Like, but in reality, he was abducting hookers and having sex and killing them. And don't get me wrong. Like I've dealt with, um, I've dealt with like decaying, yeah rodents and there's a different smell between a human there's a completely different smell no, if you don't know the difference you don't know you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna yeah, say most, anything i would say the majority of people aren't going to know the difference but i mean you also have to realize that it, you would have to have several raccoons dead in the wall i mean you'd have to have a lot a I lot mean, of raccoons if there if you had eight bodies in your if you had eight bodies in your attic yeah. you would probably have to have between 50 and 80 rodents oh yeah the, or raccoons and the house to do the house was want to talk about like a stereotypical like nightmare uh like horror movie house oh no really oh yeah it was run down with like shabby so, so are, are we talking about like stephen king cliche house um mid to late 70s 80s d-list horror d-list horror oh so we're going worse than like the burbs oh god um because it's it was a suburban affluent neighborhood and um, And it was the one rundown house it was the one rundown house like uh, the power meter didn't work they walked in and there was like hypodermic needles everywhere and dirty clothes and garbage like it was something out of a a horror movie were they drug addicts or were they prescription they they were probably prescription they didn't ever say if it was drugs or anything like that but yeah like it was bad and i don't i would have just tore the house down i would have just tore the house down and never built anything on it they renovated the house and a couple years later a couple bought the house and moved in i am sorry no way in hell would i ever buy that house i'm sure they got it for super cheap well does new york have to disclose disclose? yes they do okay absolutely so either they were either they were real macabre individuals and they were like yeah we want to buy the house of a of a you know of eight corpses and a serial killer or they or maybe that they didn't disclose i don't know i didn't look into that but they could have not but i I think it's illegal for them to not disclose that there have been deaths in the house well that that um which means man they probably got that house for like nothing it depends on the state, because I know in, I think it's California, California. California! That's going right into the, you know, oh, I can't wait for, ear. I can't wait for our friends to go, California! Um, in California, <laughs> um, I believe it is, you have to, it is illegal Eagle, to yes. not disclose. I'm pretty sure it's the same way in New York. I don't think it's that way here in Illinois, though. It may not be the same way. Like, somebody died in one of our houses, and they had to tell us in New York. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the case. And, I mean, they probably got that house for, like, $20,000, $50,000, even after renovation. They probably got it for, like, nothing. Probably. The the realtor was probably lucky to, like, make whatever Mm -hmm. off of it. But, yeah, so, yeah personal experience with an actual serial killer i mean luckily he liked ladies because that would have made it even weirder yeah which also would be probably why you didn't notice anything probably because i didn't because he wasn't he wasn't wasn't into the guys guys. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so we're going to go down to South America now. Oh, a little international. So we are going to talk about <laughs> La Bestia. La Bestia. Oh, that sounds yeah. like a really fancy restaurant. <laughs> Literally, that translates to the beast. Um, <laughs> I'd eat there. <laughs> um, so this is going to be Luis Alfredo Garavito. Mm. I'm sorry about the pronunciation. We apologize. Um I believe Garavito is the uh, the last name. Mm. Uh, he was born on January 25th in 1957. Okay. Uh, in Colombia. Oh, well. <laughs> so. <clears throat> lots of killing there. He was, he has been convicted and has admitted to the rape, torture, and murder of 138 teenagers and boys between 92 and 99. Jesus. So, an investigation started going on in Colombia mm-hmm. when a bunch of boys ended up going missing. Um, and then in 97, a mass grave was found um, with a particular set of glasses that is a prescription for a degenerative eye disease. Okay. Well, um, Garavito was not suspected of anything, mm-hmm. but he uh, investigators found the body of two, possibly three. I don't really have a lot of details on how many, but they found corpses of mutilated bodies and a address um on a piece of paper <laughs> well the investigators go to the address it happened to be garavito's house um, isn't that girlfriend's way, house isn't that always the way it happens though well i don't i don't really know kind of a lot of the details on this mm-hmm. but i think it's fascinating for a couple different reasons so they go to garavito's girlfriend's house mm-hmm. she hasn't seen him but she has a bag that he left in her possession oh. will happen to be a journal and pictures of the kids the kids oh, and goodness. what he did to them and that's smart buddy yeah well it, it's almost to me it feels like he wanted to get caught but we'll Which get yet, into that in say, a bit. yet again bring that's another thing that is a underlying thing with most serial killers yeah so <clears throat> anyway um they ended up kind of tracking him down she said that he went away for business, but they actually believe that he went away to find his next victim. He did uh, end up... Large um, quotes, business. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, did a, well, they think he was looking for his next victim. They did end up catching him. He admitted to at least 172 accounts, but he was confirmed and convicted of 138. But this Holy is shortly shit. after the... Uh, this is shortly after the Colombian Civil War. Oh, so like, you know, they're just, it's it's all kind of, yeah. It could actually be the upwards of 300. Holy shit. Because unfortunately, a lot of um, children were left um, orphaned, abandoned. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's an absolutely horrible situation. But the thing that I find very interesting about this particular Mm -hmm. case and seems to be a pattern with a lot of serial killers at least from the the limited research i have done mm-hmm. um it is reported so this is all speculation right but it is reported in his younger years his mother was a prostitute and his father was an extremely abusive alcoholic mm. uh it is speculated that he, the that um 
Garavito actually witnessed his mother working, and Ooh, it is possible that okay. his mother allowed uh, her clients to molest or even possibly rape him mm-hmm. at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it is stated at the age of eight, he ran away, um, where he unfortunately was picked up by a, a person who does naughty things to adults. I'm going to censor out censor the out actual word. word. Yes. Um, and he was unfortunately raped and abused right um then he uh, strangely enough he joined a gang shortly after That's... and started stealing he he joined a gang mainly for protection yeah. but he started stealing and um you know doing things to basically survive on his own right um i don't remember in my research if he had a child or not but this is one of those weird examples of because it happened to them at a young age, the cycle continues. Right. Um, I'm leaving out a lot of details. Um, on Wikipedia, it gives a very good description of what happened without being overly vulgar. Yeah, However, which is nice because it can get sometimes the stuff can get a little. Oof. Well, even <laughs> with what they said, which was very, in my opinion, rather clean compared to when you're doing research on serial killers, you you, you find people who go oh, into God. the nitty gritty our our google search history right now oh yeah (laughs) they're kind of like oh these guys need to be looked to do yeah um (laughs) so there's uh, it gives a good description without being overly grotesque it was enough that turned my stomach like legitimately i was not happy that i was reading this um and i i happened to in a way feel sorry for him because yeah if he had all of those things done to him at a young age. You know, no wonder he turned out to be so insane. Yeah. I'm not saying that everyone who, who had those horrible things, um, you know, will do that. No, but it is a very, very common, um, it is a very common, um, trait in a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of serial killers. And I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I'm trying not to generalize because this is something that really, really needs to be addressed. And, um, you know, unfortunately he was sentenced to a a long time in jail. Um, surprised not the death penalty. I was surprised it wasn't the death penalty as well, especially with, I mean, I'm sorry, you were convicted of 138, um, you know, murders. And I mean, like, there's evidence of prolonged torture on a lot of the bodies. Why didn't they just, I I don't don't get that. I don't get why they didn't. um, Unfortunately, though, it did look like he he could possibly get out. Are you kidding me? Which really disturbed me. Um, that is not 100% clear, but I'm hoping oh, I, he doesn't. I guarantee you he won't. I and mean, if he does, I, yeah, I if, he, if he does, guarantee that he will be dispatched by some, someone or something else. And maybe they're, and maybe they're, they're hoping that that's the case so that they don't have to pay for it. <laughs> Um, I'm actually going to look that up real quick. Like, I mean, do you think that? I don't think he should get out. I don't think he should I don't get think out he should at get out. all. I think he should be left in a hole for the rest of his 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 natural life. 
Um, this is just on the Wikipedia page. I don't, I personally, I do not think he should be let out. I'm surprised he didn't hate the death, death penalty. Me either. Um, although to be perfectly honest, this would be one, um, to really study the psychological trauma. So maybe study him first. Study him him first before they do that. I, I can see that being the case. Um, let's see here. He was sentenced to... 1,853 years and nine months in prison. Um, however, Columbia law limits imprisonment to 40 years. Oh, well, that's good. That's wonderful. Um, because Garavito helped police find the victim's bodies, his sentence was further reduced to 22 years. Okay, so because then. he helped the police find his own victims, he gets years shaved yeah, off? That How is that sense. not a bullshit thing? Um... He is currently serving in a maximum security prison. Hopefully in um, chains. I'm not going to say, yeah, I I did read that right. That's um, when he was, he's scheduled to be released. Now, here's the... I know, I do not think he should be... At this be. point, he would be how old, though? Um. Well, let's see, he was born 80s? in 57, so... He's going to be in his 70s? 60s? Pretty old. Yeah, he's going to be up there in age. So, so he'll be, well, he'd be 50 years in 2007, so 60. So he's probably pushing 70s. I don't think he's, I honestly don't think he's going to be of any, in any shape to do anything. But I don't also believe that he should be let out of prison. I don't think he should be let out of prison. <laughs> like, do I think he's going to be able to actually harm any? I mean, there are plenty of fit 70-year-olds. Well, but, <laughs> well, right now, no. I don't think he's in any... I don't think he'll be in any shape to do anything. The, the one thing that I find he'll really that, interesting... He'll be ab- that fucking creepy neighbor. ...about this one is, like, he he left a freaking address. So, like, apparently he wanted to get caught. He wants to be. He wanted to get caught. He wa- He wanted to be imprisoned. May, and, and this could be... And this, again, is speculation. I am not... We are not experts. We are not experts. <laughs> and I'm not excusing any of this no. because, I mean, if anything, he should be castrated. More Shot. Shot, but yeah, at minimum like, castrated. Like firing squad. Um, at minimum. But... I find it interesting that um, the imprisonment of the, the law states imprisonment years. is only for 40 years. That's crazy. No way. That's, that's how it seems really weird to me. That does seem really weird. I mean, I can't but comment also, on other countries yeah. stuff. So, but also one of the weird things with this is, as I said, he left the, he left the address. So was this a cry for help? That's what I was thinking too. Like he couldn't stop himself, but he, he couldn't. Mean, he couldn't physically stop himself. So he left enough evidence to have the authorities stop him. Yeah, but because he had no self control. I mean, he. I mean, if anything, then he should be locked away in oh, a mental institution. In a mental institution, absolutely. If that's the case, but I mean, but I bet you anything, it comes down to dollars and cents. Oh, it's, they I mean, don't. That's... They don't want to pay to hold somebody. So they're going to release him into the public again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm because it probably costs more money to put somebody in a psychiatric center than it does a prison, since most prisons are privatized. That is true. Of course, I don't know anything about the Colombian government, so me neither. So I don't know their laws. I don't know their regulations. Mm -hmm. I know here it is fairly expensive. 
Okay, the next one I have is we're going to go to our favorite time period, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go to Chicago since, uh, you know, a little local, I guess. Uh, and we're going to talk about H.H. Holmes. Uh, his actual real name is Herman Webster Mudgett, uh, but he went by Dr. Henry Holmes. He was uh, uh, convicted of killing 27 uh, bodies, uh, but could be said that there could be upwards of 200 bodies he killed. Now, the funny thing is, he did not go to he did not go to prison and get the death penalty for the let's just say 227 bodies he uh, could have killed. He only went to prison and got the death penalty for killing his business partner. <clears throat> One person. One person. He killed all these people. He went to prison for shanghaiing and killing his business partner. So what Dr. Holmes is most uh, famous for is that he opened a murder hotel. Like, this is something out of American Horror Story. He moves to Chicago. He's a grifter. Uh, He takes the name of a doctor. He is not an actual doctor by any stretch of the imagination. And buys property across from um, another affluent uh, sector in Chicago during the uh, the World's Fair. He was opening a hotel for people to stay during the like one of the first World's Fairs. Except that in this particular hotel, there were soundproof rooms, hallways that were mazes that went nowhere, trap doors and chutes that would uh, that would empty into basements with lye and acid pools. So the police basically uh, only got wind of this because he wasn't up to code during the building of the hotel. So they went to go investigate the hotel while he was not home and found trap doors and sliding walls and uh, surgical tables and surgical tools that apparently he would cut some of the bodies up and sell their organs and bones on the black market for money to fuel the rest of the building of this murder hotel. Well, some things haven't changed in several hundred years. Several hundred years, no. So... He, uh, H.H. Holmes got wind that the police were there and moved out of Chicago and found another schlub to basically uh, con an insurance con to. That person got wind of it. He killed them. And that is what actually got him caught uh, and, you know, got him uh, convicted of murder. Now, he had been imprisoned once for something totally benign and not even murder. It was like, uh, I think he was like uh, roughed up like a prostitute or something like that and was put into prison whilst all this shit was happening. Like while he was killing 200 people in a murder house, he got put into jail like regular, like I got drunk and went to jail for beating up somebody and they had no idea. They could have gotten him stock and trade right then, but did not. For another 20 years. Yeah, but they wouldn't have had evidence. They would have no evidence. And it was only by coincidence that the police had to go, well, you know, whatever, the inspector, police, whatever, Mm -hmm. had to go to his house because he was not up to code yet with the building. And that's when they found all this stuff. Yeah, I... It gets crazier because (laughs) the day of his death, the day of his hanging, he 
continuously said that he was innocent and that he was under the possession of the devil. And the same day he was hung, the ha- the hotel was set ablaze. Mysteriously. Mysteriously. They then renovated it and turned it into a post office that was a post office until 1938. Yeah, I was trying to look to see what building is there now. I don't know what it is now. I, they I didn't know. say. But f- up in, from ni- eight, you know, 1898 or something like that mm-hmm. till like 1938, it was a post office. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Like, 200 plus people dying in that building. You're going to get your mail. <laughs> I mean, God, they would have sorted mail in the basement. Ah, but here's the thing. And maybe it's because I look at it differently. We here in America, we're still very young. Yes. We are. In comparison, in comparison to, to the, the rest, rest of the world. world. Yeah, we are the babies. So when it comes to, oh my God, people died here. People die everywhere. everywhere. So like. You know, when that's a lot walking, of death in one in one small area. Well, I mean, you know, I I went to visit Paris. I literally was walking on the catacombs, of yeah, the graves of, and who knows mm. what other, mm. you know, what else was buried underneath the ground. Oh yeah. So, it, to me, when you're just like, oh my god, people died here. Oh yes, you know, these were horrible. Like deaths, I am okay leave. with people. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with people dying in places, but that's a lot of death in a little area. It, it is. So, to me, as long as it wasn't, like, haunted... I mean, God, at least he's not accomplished. That's a lot of bodies in one area. That is true. And a lot of ingenuity that went into building it. He built that building from... The, he bought the property and built the entire structure from the ground up with all that shit in it. And nobody questioned it? Nobody questioned it because it looked like a like a regular hotel. It looked it had rooms and all that shit. But it was only him. There were no there were no staff, nothing. It was just him and the hotel. And it was meant for the Columbia uh, Exposition, the World's Columbia Exposition. It was built. He built it specifically for this like World Fair for people to come and stay in because there wasn't enough hotels. So. You know, not saying that it's okay, but that's some crazy, like, insanity thing. Like, he was, he's like a supervillain, basically. Well, yeah, but I mean, it also, I mean, if you're going to build something like that, would to that extent the possibility of being possessed by something? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, I'm telling you, there's got to be. There's got to be. Angry spirits. Got to make sense. Makes sense. That's a lot of that's a lot of pain, and that's some thirteen ghost shit. It is some thirteen ghost shit. That's some thirteen ghost shit. And I just it's it's crazy to me that like he now tinfoil hatty. Let's get on the spirit like weird spiritual stuff. Like him saying that he was possessed by the devil. I can only see the devil going. Eh, that ain't me. <laughs> I have nothing to do with this. I want nothing to do with this. I, I just see the Satan from South Park sitting down in hell reading what the his hell? paper, going, Nope, not this time, motherfuckers. <laughs> what the hell? Like, no. Like, I know. That's what, I mean, I mean, you never know. I mean, it's not the first time somebody said they've been possessed by something. Yeah. I mean, possession, I think, is more common than we know. And it, do, do, I mean, 
could you, th- I mean, to, what kind of thought process would you have to have to like want to build an entire structure that has all this shit in it just in the means to kill people? Yeah. No normal person, even serial killer, no normal serial killer is going to think about that. Yeah. Like there, you need something above that to come up with something so horrendous. I mean, it's possible. Otherworldly, other dimensional, whatever. So maybe he was right. We just didn't know. We didn't have the, the wherewithal to like look into that. Somebody needs an old priest and a new priest. I was just going to say, I need an old priest <laughs> and, and a new priest. priest. <laughs> and probably some <laughs> American shamans. Just bring them all in, man. I just need it. <laughs> yeah, bring in a Wiccan high priestess. What, and, what do you got? What do you got? Get get me the Pope and, on the phone. And, and then and then we bring in the the Vudan priestesses. If it still doesn't get rid of it, we're, we're screwed. screwed. That right. that is when you you encase them in concrete and, just, and, and bind them with seven metals. The last layer being bone and ash. And then you drop them in the deepest part of the ocean. Exactly. You, you, that that hole that that hole in the ocean where nobody has been in, you drop it in there. No, you find one of those salt brine. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, oh salt lakes, yeah. And then you have all of that, mm-hmm. and then it's encased in salt. Mm-hmm. And if it still gets out after that, then we're well, just then, we're just redeemed. Just at, that, at that point, we're yeah. we're dealing with something beyond what we can handle. We're dealing with the elder ones, and we're just screwed anyway. You so. just, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, let us know what you guys think. What are some of your favorite serial killers to talk about? Or have you had any experience with any serial killers? Go ahead and tweet us at omidnightroll and also at omidnightroll over on Instagram. Next week, we talk to the spirit of John Wayne Gacy and discuss the art of balloon animals. Ooh. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OMidnightRoll. Also, feel free to like, rate, and review us wherever podcasts are located. Until next time, good morning and memento mori.